Welcome back to episode 15. Episode yeah, 15? 15. 15 of the Circle of Drain podcast with Ryan and Adam. And we are here, Jared Liss again. Yeah. He might be back, I don't know, next episode, but Maybe. hopefully, episode after that. Hopefully, at, soon. The, at the latest. All right. Well, in the meantime, it's just the two of us again. Yep. You're stuck with us. Stuck with us. How's it been going, Adam? It's been going. It's been going for right. sure. It has. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely ready for spring break. It's coming up. Yep. I'm definitely ready for summer, and I'm getting pretty done with school. I'm with you, 100. percent Starting to set in now. Yep. We're looking at. I mean, I just did my midterms for my communications class. Yeah. And it's the home stretch. <laughs> We're finishing. <laughs> We're almost there, man. Almost there. Dude, let's just, you just want to complain for a second, complain about your life? Um, I don't really have much to complain about right now, no, but I do good. like complaining every once in a while. Yeah. You know? It's uh, not really complaining. It's just like, it's telling, just telling, telling how, how it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything, anything you, anything new with you, I should say? No, not really. I'm just kind of ready to, ready to be done. I'm with you. Yeah. Not really like. I'm not looking forward to like leaving next year, you know. Yeah, that's that's. But like, really I'm ready it. to be done with like mm-hmm. everything else. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring break will be nice. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll get a taste, and then they'll take it away from us again. Yeah, I know. And then we'll just be miserable. Mm-hmm. But only a little bit, because the Lord my God is with me, forever and always. Amen. I love Jesus. Amen. Okay, um, it's raining right now. Storming outside. I don't know if any of you guys are going to be able to hear that in the recording, but I thought it was pretty cool, and I wanted to tell you. Um, Good point, Adam. Perfect transition into our topic for today. So we we were looking at starting to do more of book studies. We were talking about that last episode, and so because you talked about this book in the last episode. I had the idea that we should go over the book of Galatians, which is a letter that Paul wrote to the um, churches of Galatia, kind of as, I want to say, a reminder. Because, so, to set the stage at the time, the Gentile believers were essentially being convinced or trying to be, were being persuaded by the Jewish believers to follow Jewish customs right. in order to be saved, or essentially to following the Jewish law. And so Paul is now writing this letter uh, a little, I want to say mad. You can definitely hear it in the way he words it. Yeah. but he, He's a little upset. He's a little upset because, you know, the churches he just went and visited are now just Completely going off the rails. Yeah. He says he's astonished. Astonished. That's a strong word. Astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and returning to a different gospel. But we talked about that verse last week. Right. So so if you haven't listened to that episode, go back, listen yeah. to that. Shameless plug. Episode 14. Check out the Circle of the Drain podcast. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the book we're going to be covering. We're going to be covering the first half of this episode next week. The first half of this book. First half of the book, yeah, yes. sorry. First half of the book, this episode. This episode. Next episode, we'll be finishing it. Yep. It kind of works out perfectly. There are six chapters in Galatians, so we're going to mm-hmm. talk about one, two, and three today. And then next week, 
we'll talk about four, five, and six. Yep. One thing before we kind of get into it, in my in my Bible, the like introduction piece has a theme section, and I just want, I'm just going to read the whole thing. Obviously, this isn't the Bible, but it kind of helps understand it. Um, so it says, Christ's death has brought in the age of new of a new covenant in which believers do not have to become Jews or follow the outward ceremonies of the Mosaic Law. To require these things is to deny the heart of the gospel, which is justification by faith alone, not by obedience to the law. In this new age, Christians are to live in the guidance and the power of the Spirit. So we'll, we'll talk about that piece a lot about justification by faith and not justification by the law. We'll talk about that a lot when we get to chapter two, but I just wanted to read that just to kind of right. set the tone right. of, for what the book is yeah, going to be That's about. definitely going to be a big theme in the book. And um, why don't you take us away All right. chapter one? So let's just get into it. So the first thing, we talked about the kind of intro part last week, but I'll, I'll touch on it again. In all of most of Paul's other letters, he has some sort of greeting where it's like grace and peace to you or something like that. But this is, probably the most condensed and most abbreviated greeting that Paul has in all of his letters. Right. And we talked about because he's he's astonished. He's upset with the people of Galatia for how they're deserting the gospel and they're turning to false teaching. So that's that's probably why he did it like that. He was right. very upset with them. And so we talked about the astonished first, but moving to verse uh, verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we are preaching, we preach to you, let him be accursed. Verse 9, as we have said before, so now I say it again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So there's no, there's no questioning Paul's intentions uh, Paul, here. Yeah, his yeah. feelings about false gospel and right. false teaching. Let him be accursed. Yeah, it's a very forward approach. And uh, I like to talk about the intro... Uh, really, chapter or verses three to five. Okay, he is essentially laying out what the gospel that they should be believing is. It says, "Grace and peace be with you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever." Amen. So, laying out. This is what we believe. Christ died for our sins. And kind of starting with that, yeah. I thought it was a cool touch. Yeah, just the idea that Christ died for our sins and there's nothing else that we have to do yeah. to be justified mm-hmm. and be called righteous. And so after Paul's kind of introduction there, verse 10, he says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So kind of we'll touch on it or we'll talk about it later when we talk about Paul's kind of opposition to Peter. Mm-hmm. He's not a he's not a people pleaser. Yeah. People, Paul is not a people, people pleaser, pleaser per se. Right. Quadruple P. So just the idea that Paul Paul does not Paul wants the people of Galatia and us to not seek the approval of man but only of God. Right. So next he kind of goes into his um his abbreviated story, just the idea that Paul was, he says, for you've heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among, among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. So Paul is establishing and it's, it's, you can read the story in Acts 
it's an axe, I think. Uh, I don't know. We'll find it later. But the, just his transformation, he was called Saul at the time. And then um, he was persecuting Christians. He was violently persecuting them, mm-hmm. as he says. And then he had the revelation from, from God, and he was blind for a few days. And then he he realized that he needed to turn from his ways before and start preaching the gospel of Jesus. Right. And he says, but when he who has sent me, who has set me apart before I was born and who called me to grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that might, that I might preach to him, preach him among the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Um, He says that he didn't consult with anyone. He completely turned his ways right away and completely repented of what he was doing before. Yeah. um, I think another good detail to take out of that is that he, he's telling the churches of Galatia that, he was a Jew before. He followed all those traditions, and he's letting them know that it's not the way that they need to be following. And so he's giving the short story about his past, when really he it's not only serving as, I guess, proof to back up what he's saying, but it's also serving as an example of what is to happen if they do go down that route. It's kind of like credibility almost. Yeah, like, definitely. Like I was, I was practicing those traditions before Mm -hmm. and then when i was called by grace i realized that that's not the that's not the way and jesus is the only way Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of just a credibility piece there and then i like verse 23 is just an interesting point it says he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, talking about Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, and they glorified God because of me. So Paul's, Paul's kind of saying here, they, the people who he, who used to persecute are now glorifying God because he is preaching them the gospel. He's preaching the gospel to them and he's preaching the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. Yes. And that about wraps up chapter one. Yeah. Awesome. Leading into chapter two... Paul kind of goes into how, or really right at the end of chapter one, he's talking about how he met the apostles, Peter and James, and got to meet them and just talking about his trip to Jerusalem. And then he starts chapter two by talking about his second trip to Jerusalem, in which it starts off with 14 years later, which 14 years is a long time. And I think that's a just with those words before we even get into it. It's good to understand that, you know, Paul wasn't going around and writing letters every single day and visiting churches, or I mean, I'm sure he went to church constantly, but he's not going across the world to all these churches every single day. You know, there's certain seasons in which he's being called to take action and visit these places. There are certain seasons where, just like us, he maybe he needs to focus on his own life and his own uh, own habits in prayer and both uh, script and studying scripture, and I think that's just a good detail to focus on right at the beginning. Yeah, I I agree. Like mm-hmm. fourteen years, I mean, you read it, and it's like oh, it's just fourteen years, but fourteen years is almost as long as we've been alive. Yeah. So I mean, that's just kind of for me at least helped me to fully understand kind of the time period in which is mm-hmm. which is taking place. So 14 years later, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas, and I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel I preached among the Gentiles. 
but I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders, for I feared that I was running or had run my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was Greek. Right off the bat, after reading that, I was a little confused. Because I'm wondering to myself, first of all, why is Paul so worried about running his race in vain? And why is he going to church leaders or people of really authority in this sense? And so kind of sitting on it for a while and thinking about it, it's really Paul is going to the leaders of the church. He's giving them the gospel in, I guess, sort of the hope that he's wouldn't split the church. Yeah. Exactly. Um, The commentary in my Bible says, Paul is not seriously imagining that he has actually been preaching a false gospel, but he would regard his work as in vain if it were to result in a divided church. And so Paul is going to the leaders of the church and giving them the gospel message so that they're all on the same page, essentially, especially with the people of Jerusalem who were converted Jewish or converted Jews. And in that sense, are kind of the Jews that we're talking about in this chapter who are still thinking that the law is something that needs to be followed or these customs are required, which at this point they weren't. He continues on in chapter uh, four, verse, or chapter two, verse four. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. Uh, chapter five, we did not give we did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of a gospel might remain with you. And so kind of speaking there about those almost f- false Christians in a way where they are still thinking that by obedience to the law is granting them um, what do you call it? They're being saved. Uh, Righteousness, justification, justification, salvation. Salvation. There we go. (laughs) That's what I was thinking of. Man. Okay. But yeah, so that obedience to the law was giving them salvation, which it wasn't. Right. And that is the whole thing that Paul is trying to get across to these people. Yeah. Then in verse six, I, I really like this part. And as for those who seem to be important, who whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external experience or external appearance, and those men added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been with the Jews. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in the ministry of an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, Gave me, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of the fellowship when they recognized that the grace given to me. To summarize, Paul's saying that those important people in the church, that, that part's irrelevant. Yeah. Because it didn't change the message of the gospel. And I think that's a good thing to think of, or remember because the gospel message should be understood and be taken in by Christians themselves. They should be the ones taking it in and understanding it, and not just listening to, for example, a pastor 
or you know a church elder well they have great insight and they do often um understand will understand it more than a newer churchgoer it's still very important to be taking that journey yourself and yeah. not letting them do it for you yeah like your your status or your influence doesn't change the message of right. it so like it's it's anyone's able to understand mm-hmm. it just kind of that idea that god shows no partiality mm-hmm. yeah and then kind of going and then explaining beyond that about how the apostles then accepted paul because they saw the grace that was given to him and they essentially saw the evidence in his life and how God was with him. Yeah, and that that's kind of what ver, or chapter 1, verse 24 talks about, and they glorified God because of me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on from that, a very interesting part of chapter 2 is that this section where Paul calls Peter out. So at this point, it says, When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong before certain men came from James, he he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid that those who belonged to the circumcision group, the other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. This is kind of saying that Peter was eating with and essentially spending his day with these Gentile believers. But as these people from James or from Jerusalem came to Antioch, he kind of was like, whoa, I gotta, I gotta like, essentially, I'm assuming impress them or follow those traditions that those Jewish believers were following so that they would accept him. And so the other Jewish believers also followed him this, and then even Barnabas was led astray at the end. So that's kind of the issue that Paul is pointing out to us, is that this idea of him changing to be accepted by the Jews, and what we were talking about earlier with when Paul mentioned, is he um, doing this for man rather than God? Yeah, just again, the fact that Paul is not a people pleaser, he's not afraid to confront someone, Mm -hmm. and he even says that he opposed him to his face. Yeah, and he said in verse uh, verse fourteen. Um, but when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, "If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? So how how can you live with the Gentiles and live out and believe in the truth of the gospel? How can you force those Gentiles who are just like you, by the way?" How can you force them to live like Jews and um, kind of succumb to the the law that is irrelevant and mm-hmm. was fulfilled by Jesus? After that, so Paul kind of goes and tells Peter that, you know, you can't just, you know, l- essentially following the gospel as a Gentile or following this gospel in the way of the Gentiles and then you know, turn your back and then say, oh, you know, you all need to be circumcised and you all need to follow the Jewish law. You know, Paul was calling out Peter on that, kind of going on from that. This is kind of where we get into the whole theme of, of this chapter of um, 
of Galatians where it talks about a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So kind of what we were talking about before about how you don't have to follow the Jewish law and the Jewish customs to be justified and to have salvation Mm -hmm. because you're never going to live up to that standard. The law was written so that you would see how sinful you really are. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not going to be justified by trying to live up to that standard. Yeah. And then to close out chapter two, Paul makes the point, which is one of my favorite verses from this book, probably. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Essentially saying that if you're going to follow the law after Christ has already died for our sins, you're just, you're spitting in God's face. You're like, oh, I don't need that. I can just follow the law. Yeah, exactly. When you think that you can earn your own salvation, right? You're, you're saying that Christ's crucifixion meant nothing, mm-hmm. and that it, that had had no purpose. And I I like verses nineteen. 19 and 22, where it says, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So that it's it's basically saying, I don't, it's, it's not my life anymore. It's not what mm-hmm. I do. It's not how well I live or how well I live up to a, a standard, but it's, Christ living in me. Yeah. And that brings us into chapter three. Yes. Chapter three. The first part of chapter three sort of continues the discussion that chapter two was having. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Obviously not. Did you suffer more so many things in vain? Does he who supply the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed in God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So the the again, just the idea that you can't do anything to earn your salvation, and you're not you're not the one perfecting yourself, so to speak. So now moving on to verse eleven, that says, "Now it's evident that no one justified before God by the law, that no one is justified before God by the law, the righteousness solid by faith." Again, just Paul is just pounding that idea into the people of Galatia's heads that your practices your whether it's circumcision whether it's whatever don't justify you yeah um you are not justified by that christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hanging on a tree so that in christ in christ jesus the blessing of abraham might come to the gentiles so christ christ fulfilled the law for us christ took the whole law and lived it perfectly he lived a perfect life for us so that literally says here he became a curse for us so he he took that curse that was the law so that we don't have to live up to that and we're not justified by that yeah anymore so then moving into verse uh the next kind of section here in verse 15 to give a human example brothers even with a man-made covenant no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified The promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years after, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God. 
so as to make the promise void. So just he's he's talking about the promises of um, of God and how uh, God's promises never expired and they never they never fail. Mm-hmm. And then so if you go, I'm going to go to Romans to Romans chapter four verse thirteen, which kind of talks about a similar idea. Uh, it says, "For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir." of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So again, the same idea that Paul's talking about in Galatians. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. So this this really hits home for me because it says, if if it's about being good, then you don't need faith. If it's about living up to the law and to its standard, you don't need faith and the promise of God to send Jesus to save us doesn't matter. And then, so in Romans, Romans 4.15 says, for the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. So, just the idea of of nulling the law, the law being fulfilled by Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of lot of thinking yeah. in this episode. Yeah, um, kind of you mentioning the fact that with a law they didn't need faith right. essentially, yep. or really to the level that we do now with just being or having our faith put in Christ and his sacrifice for us. Because if if the law gave them salvation, they would know. And they would be able to know just if they were following the law, they get salvation. It's like a yes or no. Yeah. Not so much a yes or no, but it's like it's something that they can fully perceive and that they can know at all times. Right. Whereas compared to a relationship with Jesus, is that really not that you can't know, because you know we're if we have a genuine relationship with Christ that we are forgiven, right, and that we will make it into heaven, right. But it's not as simple, simply put, as if you follow the law, you get into heaven. So by saying that the law required no faith and that saying that you have to live by faith in order to be saved. It's saying that the law cannot be followed or should not be followed anymore because again, it's nullifying what following the law would nullify what Christ did on the cross. Yes. Uh, Galatians three twenty three says that now before faith came, we were held captive under the law imprisoned until the coming of faith, which is Jesus would be revealed. So we were we were captives to the law. We were essentially mm-hmm. we were essentially slaves to the law because we were never able to live up to that. Right. And that's that's the point of it. Mm-hmm. Right like I said before from Romans where it talks about the law shows us how sinful we are. Right. But verse 25, but now that our that faith has come we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For many of you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And then verse 28 here is kind of kind of sums it all up. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. So when this kind of brings it all back together when we were talking about how Jewish people thought that they still had to live by the mosaic law and of the law the just the laws of the times before Jesus but now Jesus saying Jesus is saying 
none of that matters. Your status doesn't matter. Your nothing about you matters other than that you know me, mm-hmm. because you are all one in Christ Jesus, and that that makes you an heir to the promise of Jesus. Yeah. Well, that was chapters one through three. That was chapters one through three. My head is kind of hurting now. Yeah. My brain is fried. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how this takes a lot out of me. Just trying to wrap my head around how, or trying to put it into words that I'd understand. So yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, we survived. We did. We we crawled across the finish line there for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but next week we'll be better, and we're going to talk about chapters four, five, and six. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, thank you guys for thank you for listening, listening along with that and bearing with us as we uh, forgot how to read and we forgot our train of thought and we forgot what we wanted to say. But you know what? Jesus is still good. Yeah, he's still Jesus, read your Bible, pray. He amen. still died for us, and that's the whole point of all of it. None of it matters if we don't know Jesus. Exactly. You're so, so right. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thanks for listening. This has been the Circle the Drain podcast. If you did enjoy, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow for more. See ya. Bye. Bye.